You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Batteries store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the For Love of the Land podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. Each week, we're interviewing guests from across America. They all have one thing in common. They all are tied to the land. So if you're like us and you love all things land, welcome home. All right, guys, this is For Love of Land Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Keith, and I am in South Carolina today uh, with some new clients here in York County, South, South Carolina. Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a fun two days. We've covered two properties right here together, um, and I, I have two guys here. I'll let you introduce yourself. I'm Mark Tony. I'm Russell Kaiser. That's right. Russell, I'm going to have you lean in a little bit more on that mic. Sure. There we go. here yesterday with us. Mm -hmm. Ty Tony. Ty Tony. And uh, we've been working some property. And tell me a little bit about what you guys expected versus what – I know you had something. You were kind of like, okay, what? uh, this is what I expect to do or we might do. Was there something that happened that you were like, okay – that is not what I expected at all, or that's not the advice I thought I was going to get. Uh, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, we were just talking about that just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of simple things we really learned. Um, that were just overlooked, I guess. Absolutely. Not thinking absolutely. out of the box. That's right. Yeah, yeah. very simple things. And I, and I hope that's what a lot of our, you know, we could come here and lay out bukus of work where you're going to have heavy machinery in mm-hmm. here. Hey, yep. you need to lay out this big lake, and let's make it big and beautiful. And and um, I don't know what your budget is, but we're going to spend it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> But really, the idea is, um, and it kind of comes back to the basis of what Matt and I did and, and my brother as, as we were growing up of, what we figured out to improve hunting and, and the landscape on a, on a very small budget where just implementing small things that made big impacts. Absolutely. And I think you guys, one of the biggest things to, to try and explain what happened here or, or what your landscape is, it's, it's mostly mostly timber ground. There are food plots, but for the most part, you've got one property with tons of pines, another property that's got scattered pines, but lots of very large hardwoods, mm-hmm. and trails all meandering through. Right. And so you look at, I think, I I ran off and left my notepad, but we got two hundred and sixty some acres here Correct. total. Correct. Right. Correct. Fifteen total of food plots. Right. And so it comes down to we're going to make our biggest impact to improve the landscape by managing timber, through TSI, through bedding thickets, and through prescribed fire. Right. Yeah, actually, just making one food plot or adding one food plot. Yeah, that's it. Improving yeah. the rest. And it's a food plot uh, you guys had already right, right. already planned on adding. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really to me, uh, looking at food plots, it's it's not of let's lay out five more acres of food plots. Let's just improve the acres you have. Right. Let's make sure you're doing the soil samples. Let's right. make sure you're 
you're adding the appropriate amendments to where we can maximize the production of them. So um, tell me a little bit about the overall history of this, uh, of this place, of this farm. Well, my dad bought uh, this farm that we're sitting on about six years ago, and uh, we've been uh, working and trying to improve it for that amount of time. We've built this little cabin here, and yep. it, it works well. Our family gathers here not as often as we should, but yeah. but we do. What about this area that drew you in? You guys are North, both North Carolina residents, right? Born just, and raised? Yeah. Okay. So just across the line, though. Just not, across the line. It's not yeah. that far. No. no. But is it because, I'm just curious, land prices cheaper in North South Carolina, or land, Northern South Carolina than they are in North Carolina? Taxes cheaper. Yeah, land price is much cheaper. Taxes, astronomical amount cheaper. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. South yeah, Carolina. That, that's interesting. It's, that it's such a difference between basically government <laughs> in oh, yeah. one state versus the other, to where the taxes are much cheaper. Yeah. I think a lot of people. That's one thing about this podcast is for love of the land. We can talk about land prices and and price per acre, what's the going rate in certain regions. And I think I was telling you guys yesterday um, some of the prices that we've seen in southern Missouri, like we've. We had a 540-acre farm that we came across that was, it was under conservation easements, but it, it was 640 bucks an acre is what it sold for. Mm-hmm. That was last year. Yep. And, and you tell that to some people, and they're like, "What?" Like you guys were blown away. Yeah, I yeah, couldn't that's believe amazing. it. That was and, incredible. And a lot of the timber ground we see that's that's been cut is around a thousand bucks an acre. And this, this this property, most of the property like this, that's off of the main road in South Carolina, is in the three thousand dollar an acre range mm-hmm. but like if you get toward 161 which we traveled in on it's uh double that wow yeah and you say off the off the main highway we still drove a paved road in yeah yeah, yeah. right by yeah. the way yeah right um, that's what i told matt i said i get so turned around down south when there's not many gravel roads and it seems like every time you turn around there's a paved road and you're like i don't know what highway i'm on yeah but I feel like I was just right over that treetop <laughs> yeah. on another interstate. But yeah, you're, that's that's another thing that we like about it. It's not far from, um, you know, whatever you needed. But it yeah. is, on the other hand, in the wilderness. Yeah, that, you know, the wilderness of North South Carolina. Right. That's right. That's right. For that's sure. Right. What was this? Uh, this landscape mostly timber ground. A lot of the people making their living selling selling trees. And yep. cattle, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of crops around here. How's the cl- how close is the closest ag field from here? Oh my gosh, five miles up the road, and it's not that big. Yeah, it's a uh, small soybean field that a local farmer from Kings Mountain plants. That's right. Okay, that's right. Yeah, so a good ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. most of the open ground around here it looks like is some sort of pasture. Pasture, yeah. and, hay, uh, hay pasture, or yeah, and we're looking at a lot of the the soils here, red dirt. Red dirt. Kind of that clay. Yep. That's many colors of clay when you walk around the property. <laughs> a lot of many colors. Yeah. 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 Just like Joseph's coat. That's um, right. So you've got clay, red dirt, and pines, and then big hardwood. So for a lot of people, making income off their farm is through cattle or timber. Correct. And for you guys, you've got this two parcels, 20 acres in between. One of your big crops, if you want to call it crops in the future, is your pine harvest. Right? Correct. How right. many acres is that? Uh, well, Russell says 30. I thought it was more than that. But okay. 30 I think, to I think we'll it's go, around 30. We'll yeah. You can say 40, but I think it's around 30. But we looked also those uh, pines this, this morning we walked in that weren't as uh, layered, or, but those will – be harvested one oh, okay day. they yeah. weren't in yeah. the actual plantation yeah right yeah, air quote right. those plantations yeah, but hopefully one day we can harvest yeah those yeah. yeah and one thing i'll praise your whoever it was your forester or logger yep. over here on the home farm where we're at now is lots of hardwoods to where like borderline vinyl boards i mean we're talking i don't know what the dbh on them <laughs> the diameter at breast height would be right. on a couple of those oaks but arm multiple arm widths yeah in oh, circumference 
100, 150 just, years old. Yeah, yeah if not this, even more. Yeah, this and, this parcel here that my dad uh, bought in the beginning, I mean, as soon as we walked on it, uh, we, we, we looked at a lot of different properties. My dad walked a lot of different properties with him. And as soon as we walked on this piece and he saw that the hardwoods, he was – in love yeah i mean it was hard and it took it, it was i i had to talk him into uh select cutting it oh really oh yeah he didn't didn't want to no 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 he didn't want to but you know he in time he come around and and uh, we select cut it and it don't look too bad and i think it looks fantastic yeah it's and, amazing how and well he it. used some of that money to build this okay yeah. this nice little cabin so and we see that a lot like we we have this conversation going down the road today of some people that are focused on deer and and other wildlife are like it's not a it's not about i don't want to make money off the farm but at the same time that's like stupid money to yep. me where yep. you, it's just like i'll just spend and spend and spend and i don't care about making it back if you make it back you for for example with this timber harvest open up the canopy huge wildlife benefits right Landowner made money, and now he's built this cabin for the rest of the family to come enjoy. Yep, and now yep. there's a, a bathroom here that you can actually say, well, honey, there is a bathroom there. Yeah, that's right. Which is a, a huge draw, or um, it's when there's not when it's not in place, it's a huge negative to try there, to bring the family yeah. here. Absolutely. We come down here a lot uh, before this was built, and, yeah, this is yeah. this is nice. It's nice, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Dad was like that. I mean, he like I said, he didn't. He didn't. I mean, it wasn't about the money. Uh-huh. But when I finally talked him into it, and he started getting checks. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, okay, <laughs> this I can is pretty cool. Hey, wait a minute now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh man, that's awesome. Wh- yeah. What was your kind of background? What is it about land ownership that's intriguing to you, or what is the biggest attraction in in owning land? Um. And I and for our listeners, I, don't know, man. I didn't even tell you. They kept asking me to give them a briefing before we started recording. I said, "Nope, sorry." Yeah. And so I'm pretty well <laughs> fed you to the sharks. I like but dirt. You just like dirt. I like dirt. I yeah. always have. I mean, when yeah. I was a kid, I was the nastiest kid, and <laughs> I, I mean, you, made you know, mud pies. And, oh yeah. I, yeah, I just love dirt. I love to be in the dirt, be in yeah. the woods. I mean, I love deer hunting and any type of hunting, but I like the land management and trying to improve. Yeah. If you're that. leasing, you're more restricted to what you yes. can do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, owning, you kind of have the reins to do what you want to do. Yeah. I like the habitat management side of it really more than I do the hunting. Yeah. I'm you right know, I joke, you. joke that I'm going to retire and just be their guys. <laughs> Cameraman. Cameraman. Yeah. And I that's not really a joke. That's probably gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there with you. You know, as a young youngster, there's like that blood thirst where you like, I want to kill yeah. stuff and I don't yeah. want anybody I, I want to be the man who's yeah. known for the right. being the best hunter. Right. And uh you've got I'm not that. <laughs> yeah. And and so for me I was just like I told you I started filming mainly because of the hunting was poor. And so instead of sitting in a tree stand and seeing nothing by myself, I figured it was going to be more fun to sit in a tree stand with my buddy and not see nothing. Absolutely. And so that's really what kind of started me filming. Shoot, I was like 12 years old, I think, was well, the first time I ever carried a camera, or 13, carried a camera to film a wow. couple buddies. So I've been doing it a long time. And uh, for me, the, the land, you know, there's it, I evolved. So the part, first part of that story was hunting and enjoying it. Now it's... It's just as much fun to plant a tree or plant a shrub or do a, a bedding thicket. I'll give you guys an example. I put one of these bedding thickets in um, on the edge of a bluff um, for kind of as a south-facing, west-facing slope. And I went in and made it two acres. This was on one of our films. I made this whole two-acre clear-cut, basically, a temporary forest opening, they called it. And I went back the next week and... Uh, there was a summer tanager there, which is a little bird. I mean, it's smaller than a cardinal, but it's the same color as a cardinal. It's just bright red, and uh, they they move through the area. But they're a woodland bird, so woodlands are more open. There's more insects, and, 
and we don't have those woodlands as much anymore. So when you create something that kind of would would replicate that, they tend to flock to it. And uh, yeah. so I cut that out, and the next week a summer tanager's flying around, calling in the middle of it, just wow. like completely wow. using what we just did. And yeah. it was like, wow, that's how fast they totally adapted to it. what I did. And mm. it wasn't a, a big buck got out of his bed with right. full velvet. <laughs> it was a little chirping bird and it had me so excited i'm like that's what it's about that it's, it, that's yep. the reward the reward yep. I, i've said this on one of the podcasts but um you can't you don't win oscars and you don't win emmys in land management no but you do get the reward of improving something and a native species utilizing it to kind of put their signature of approval like you get you did good man that's you did right. real good that's right that's really good so yeah um, for me, that's what it's, it's, it's evolved into of kind of just replicating nature and improving the landscape so much so that you get to see this, this huge reward of species flourishing. Absolutely. So leading into that, we've talked a lot about quail yep. over the last two days. And you quail hunted as a kid, right? As a kid. Russell, did you quail hunt any? Uh, my dad and, all gone, and Grandpa right? killed them all before I got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? Whenever you talk quail, some of the guys that I hear that were like huge quail hunters back in the day, they're always like, man, I wish the quail would come back. I, I can remember the day that we <laughs> went out there on Christmas Eve and, and, killed a and we shot 30 <laughs> of them or we shot 100 yeah. of them. And I'm like, um, do you – are you still wondering where they all went? Because yeah. you just told me where they all went. Yeah. <laughs> you shot all of them at the same time the habitat was getting destroyed. Yeah. 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 So for you. Yeah, I had an uncle that uh, and a cousin. They were my cousin was about ten years older than me, and and uh, I was small, but they had a a really good pointer and a really good setter, mm-hmm. and we I got to go with them quite a bit, and it was, I mean, I was small. Mm-hmm. It was some of the best times of my life yeah you know yeah and just seeing their passion for the dogs and for the birds it was unreal yeah. and then through the years i've lost uh interest or whatever in yeah in quail but getting into the land now yeah you know it's and the, the flame coming yeah. back yeah. yeah coming back and yeah and i don't have any bird dogs but i would sure like to see some a dog working this this yeah. land at some point yeah you know that'd oh, be yeah. awesome and and for the listeners this is with the timber harvesting and you've got the soon probably in less than five years the big pine plantation to be thinned or clear cut and um i mean we're we're already seeing i'm already seeing habitat that's going there's there's a good chance there's quail here right but if we continue to implement prescribed fire and to do the thinning we're going to get to where it's like i'll be shocked if you don't see them and yeah in the next five years you start seeing them move in and especially with some of the some of the other stuff we're recommending and, right. and doing so it's exciting uh it for is. me it is w- when you think about camaraderie of hunting there's deer camping during deer season like there's not a lot of camaraderie during bow hunting because it mm. for some reason you think of it's your, too hot and everybody's eel yeah <laughs> In South Carolina. Yeah, yeah South, South Carolina, Carolina it is. In the Midwest, everybody's like, no, this is my turf. You know, we're going to yeah. get serious about this. Yep. Gun season, you're a little bit like, ah, let's enjoy it with the buddies. Um, but duck hunting is kind of the the one where you think, okay, I get to sit in a blind, have fun, t- mm-hmm. talking to my buddies and shooting ducks. Mm-hmm. Quail, to me, is the one that's even better than that. But it's just that a lot of us don't realize how exciting quail hunting can be. You're oh, getting to walk yeah. with your buddies. Yeah. You're behind a dog who's working. Everybody working. talks about they love to see the dog work during duck hunting. Half the time he's asleep in the blind. Yeah. But during quail season, they're working, working the whole time. He's working. And all you're doing is walking behind him, and he's working. Yep. To me, you get to see a dog work way more. Yep. And then you get to shoot stuff and poke fun at your buddies. Yep. And Hopefully, don't shoot your buddy. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, don't hunt with Dick Cheney. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so, uh, to me, it's. I think if if people today could experience a good quail hunt, mm. we'd have a lot more quail hunters. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, it, even if you got to go to a 
a release hunt yeah. and just kind of see some of it and go, okay, guys, and, this is awesome. But and this, I promise you, in the in the in the heyday, quail hunting was better than this. Yeah, in this part of the country, Adam, I told you, uh, I'm 50, and we've only had deer in this part of the country probably 25 years, 30 years now. So, yeah. When I was growing up, you either rabbit hunted or quail hunted. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. I mean, you'd you know, kids would shoot. We would hunt squirrels. Yeah. But the grown ups, quail, bird hunted or rabbit hunted. Yeah. And um, then when the deer moved in and they come closer, I think people uh, started spending all their hunting money, hunting energy, on deer. on deer hunting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you don't you don't see many uh biglers around here or yeah quail hunters anymore but you know the quail population it's uh, pitiful yeah yeah it and really you see is. A, we've talked about it on this trip the initiative for pine savannah restoration specifically longleaf pine savannah and that was what was it throughout a lot of south carolina and that habitat ecosystem is prime for quail mm-hmm. and so I, there's been big initiatives on trying to bring that back, not only for the health of the forest and the savanna ecosystem, but for species like the northern bobwhite quail. So what was it as as a kid, you know, rabbit hunting and all that? Do you remember a change between the landscape then and the landscape now? Uh, well, where I we grew up. We have to up, go way back to think about that, don't we? Yeah. Well, where I grew up, <laughs> I told you where I grew up, I had soybean field, rotated cotton yeah and then we just had like hedgerows in the ditches what i called it, it was just vines and weeds and young saplings yeah, yeah. and you yeah. know I, I was telling another buddy of mine this morning you could i could go leave my house when i was a kid and within 50 feet i could get up a covey of birds seriously that's crazy year after year after year yeah but uh, that was during that was during the 60s no 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 60s I'm, <laughs> oh no the I'm 70s 50 not the 80s 70s. i'm just kidding uh, yeah the 70s, 70s early 80s yeah yeah, yeah. But, sorry uh, I, was, I forget oh, that I, it's 2019 that's right time that's gets right. away time right. gets away but yeah. um yeah there's been a ton of timber harvested around these parts and, and was course, there many pines back in that in that time frame you remember big pine plantations? Not where I grew up. Yeah, but about which was you know twenty minutes north of here. Yeah, but here, uh, South Carolina has been pine pine plantations for a long, long as time. I can remember. Long time now. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So what is it about this farm now, Russell? How long you been in this on in this location? Uh. I guess last year was my first year involved, Honey. February or January. Well, let me back up. We actually oh, uh, yeah. all took a hunting trip uh, to Illinois, and it was just, I guess, really an idea still then, and it kind of started getting serious on the return trip home. And then shortly after that, I guess Mark had had, had talked to me and uh, – wanted to get me involved he wanted somebody with uh the passion Mm -hmm. i guess for the land and the habitat like uh he's got and somebody that was willing to work and devote time uh, away from family and uh, actually come down here and try to make this place something other than pull up and shoot them up you know yeah uh try to preserve it and 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 leave our kids you know our Mm -hmm. legacy something Mm -hmm this will will be potentially greater than what we're hunting now oh know? yeah if if we do a good job it, it will be yeah actually when dad bought this place this first farm russell was hunting uh gaffney south uh, carolina gaffney south carolina mm-hmm. he didn't even hunt here and um i started you know coming down here i think he came down here with me the first day that i cut the first piece of sprig yeah to, to, I did. to I make a four-wheeler that. path yeah so we worked down here me and russell together we worked down here all winter that winter and he was with me the whole winter with nothing to gain mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't going to hunt it yeah so i knew then i just like to be in the woods and after I, yeah. the season was out you know there's nothing to do 
Yeah. So I, mean, I knew it, it was good. I knew then that he shared same passion. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. You know, we were just <laughs> neither, forward, right? making trails and trying yeah. to learn about food plots and you know. You and so he worked. He he really worked with me a, a long time that that winter and. So whenever me and my brother bought the 169, I told my brother, I said, "We, if Russell wants to join us, he that he's going to do it." So, yeah, awesome. So we just got passion for that's right. What we're doing, land. Yeah, mm-hmm. passion for dirt. As dirt. You said right. Earlier. That's right. Tell yeah. me about the name Sunshine Legacy Farms. Sunshine Legacy Farms. So our dad is from sunshine north carolina that's a town that is a mm-hmm. that is a rutherford town county rutherford county north carolina sunshine so my brother said we were trying to come up with a name for the farm my brother said why don't we call it sunshine legacy farms i said you can't get any better than that <laughs> that's right so, i mean one night it took one night Yeah, we were all group texting kind of to name the farm that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> My brother and I are still trying to think of a name for our farm because it's like, we don't want to just call it the Keith Farm because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's too generic. So yeah. it's like, well, let's think of something else. And we're still years later, had it my entire life. And it's like, I don't know what we'll call it. I'm so, so proud of that name. That's, you should that's be. Awesome. It's a that's, good. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. When my yeah. brother sent that text out, I'm like, wow. He's he's a deep thinker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh that's super cool so what is it what looking at the property looking at the projects laid out what is the thing that you're most excited about creating the bedding areas for me oh absolutely yeah the, the i'm gonna call I, i'm gonna call you after you've put a couple yeah. in there and say are you still excited about cutting yeah, the rest see, of the i don't mind in? running a chainsaw you know i like to cut a lot yeah so this will be right up his uh mm-hmm. But no, just walking around like the first day, like the first plot we went to, and you, mm-hmm. I, I started to to understand what we were doing. But as we yeah. went to each plot, and you started laying out the bedding areas, I, I really started to understand what we were doing and everything. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That's gonna be awesome. I don't think people realize what they're missing. You know, they they go. And they hunt, and well, you know, it was uh, ten minutes till dark, and they finally showed up in the field. Or yeah. uh, if they're hunting over a bait pile, you know, it was uh, just right at last light. You know, they showed up. Uh, but why? Why did they come then? Yeah. And you answered that question That's within right. the first ten minutes of being yeah. here. Uh, and it's just something that probably everybody has overlooked. Or maybe not willing to uh, take the time to do. Yeah. But I mean, you can fi- you can fix something that's that's so simple. I mean, it's it's, it's so simple. It just takes a little bit of work. A that's little, right. Well, that was a good description. I didn't. I mean, why are they? Why yeah. are they? I mean, you kept asking us about the bedding and. Yeah, you felt we like you were being. Tell you. Why are they betting on the neighbors? Yeah, you know, why? 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 Where? Are, yeah. Where are they betting? You know. And and you kept uh, asking is, us where are they coming from, and we were like. If you don't you name know, it every direction. If you don't yeah. know where your deer are bedding, it's because you haven't done anything. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It, I say I call it the fat finger treatment, where yeah. if somebody when you ask them to point out on a map <laughs> well, you know, where the bedding area is, somewhere. and they kind of wave this big finger around <laughs> yeah. and say this area, which might cover a hundred acres, you're like, that doesn't really help me. Hey, we're guilty. And, We've done it, and that oh, doesn't yeah. help Just you yesterday. either. <laughs> and so whenever you start thinking, okay, who, what, when, why, where, yeah. and how, yeah, okay. I'm sitting in a food plot. Why am I here? Well, you've got food. But Mm -hmm. why am I right here on this side? And if there's no, like, thought into it, well, I just thought it was the best view. But just because it's the best view doesn't make it the best spot. Mm -mm. Correct. Okay, where where are the deer right now? Well, they're somewhere 180 (laughs) degree. (laughs) And uh, you're like, okay, well, how can we know they're there and how can we – pretty well know that they're right there and yep. point in specific directions and you showed us how to do that and then yep. it's like okay well how do i make sure they come in this side and edge feathering at the same time edge feathering is helping your quail or future quail hopefully mm-hmm. and and so it's it's really as simple as you know there's a lot of things we do in our consulting business and and there's a lot of stuff you can figure it out on your own but like i can hand <laughs> you a bag of a carpenter's bag and say there's a hammer and a screwdriver and a drill and all that stuff 
hopefully we can teach you how to use them yeah. appropriately. Well, you have. You've been. Yeah. You've done a masterful job. And no, we, I appreciate that. We appreciate the uh, hospitality that you've shown us, and it's it, uh, just answering well, every question, well answering every text, every phone call. You don't meet. Um, you don't meet people like that much. We appreciate it. <laughs> Which is crazy. I we, I know. You're we, in the service laugh. business, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and you might as well say, what's your position at Lane Legacy? Customer service. That's right. That's right. And uh, so for me, what I get the biggest thrill out of this is knowing, seeing the excitement you guys have yeah. to go and start implementing this plan and then – the day you're going to call me and say you jumped the first covey of quail. Yeah. That's the day that I'm like, <coughs> that's it. Or After the we had day, the heart attack. <laughs> for them getting up. Yeah, you're going to, we'll I'm going to hear, the hospital. Adam, and then there'll be a, a brief second where you put the oxygen mask on. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the time that you'll send me a picture, and it may be one of your kids or one of you guys that has a buck that you shot. That's Absolutely. That's the cherry on top for me. So Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I think I – think, I'm excited to see this plan go in place and see the food plots improved and see a lot of the prescribed fire implemented and then just overall see some of these natives that I'm suggesting coming back. Mm-hmm. So there's certain species that you guys are going to plant and and uh, I just know that there's going to be it's going to be a full year and years to come oh, yeah. enjoying not just for you guys but hopefully there's more people involved and yeah. Well, you're one land legacy video where you talk about the you look at a piece of property and see 10 years mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. right yeah, that's what that's, you've laid out that's what yeah. we and you know that's absolutely yeah. been our vision too but yeah i'm looking forward to the taking the disc through the rows of pines up there and seeing if the ragweed is going to Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't. It, it'll be there don't you worry <laughs> it'll be there I, i'm excited you know for example, let's just talk about that that little hillside. Yeah, it was old pasture. Yes, so it was all tall fescue, and you guys went in and just planted, um, I think loblolly pines yes. and rows. Rows of pines. And so pines. you walk up in there and you're like, oh wow! You drive by and you can see part of it, and you're like, yeah. man, that looks really good. I can see rows of pines and I can see some weeds and stuff growing. Then you get up in it and it's pretty much a carpet of tall fescue. Yes, with a few natives coming up where you guys basically plowed the line mm-hmm. in of, of pines that's right and you're like okay well our goal here is overall land improvement and overall land improvement 99 percent of the time is restore what was here before we got here right and uh so that was i mean we're looking open area maybe it was trees at one point maybe it was savannah or, or prairie who knows what it was and uh there's a lot of i mean we saw bushy blue stem you and i yeah. saw elliot's yep. blue stem there's tons of goldenrod. There's, of course, ragweed. And there's many partridge pea. Um, there's all these species growing right in this area, and it's like I can see them trying to come through this tall fescue, but the tall fescue's there. It's just smothering Let's, them out. We're going to have to release that and, and make this land more productive, and and that's going to be a transformation that you guys are going to get to witness. <laughs> in Next year, you're going to see a difference. Mm-hmm. That will be and awesome. It'll be so cool for yeah, sure. I'm looking forward to that project. Yep. Would you guys – we always ask would you rathers for for different podcasts, and so we'll ask some would you rathers here. Um, would you guys? I'm I'm just brainstorming here. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people when they come on the podcast say I've got a would you rather for you. Um, I'm going to ask you guys: <laughs> Would you rather um, in this management time frame? You've got two properties here. Would you rather in one year hunt? The north one or the south one? You can only hunt one all year long. Which one are you going to? And, the di- and for the listeners that have no idea what it looks like, the difference is pine plantation, some food plots, kind of that true. If you were to close your eyes for me and you picture South Carolina, it's it's the other property, yeah, not the one we're definitely. on now. It's got the pine plantation and kind of pine plantings, different stages of pines. That's my uh, 
idea of yeah, South it, Carolina. It, it would be described as a South Carolina's <laughs> a South Carolina hunting club is yeah. what it would be. Everyone yeah. that I've seen or been a part of, that's that's what it looks like. Yeah. At some yeah. point, there's a cutover. At some point, there's <laughs> tall pines. At some point, you try to grow a food plot that usually don't work. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the road ditch. Right next to the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you got it. Yeah, I would, I would, I would rather stick with just what I, what I feel like I know more and mm-hmm. and what I have uh, experienced in the past, and I believe I can make it happen. Right I, here. I could make it happen, you know, over there on the hardwoods or in on, the pines. On the pines, mm-hmm. okay. the pine side, the south side. What about I, you, Mark? I, I would like to harvest a really nice buck on this property just so I can see my dad's yeah face. face. He's not a hunter. I told you his yeah. story, but he likes to see us pull up with a nice buck he on the back of the truck <laughs> he comes out and this is his property you yeah. know and he he gets you know he's 80 years old but so i like to show about that yeah i'm yeah. as excited as he gets he's he's and i know him <laughs> he's really excited when, <laughs> like his oldest grandson killed his first buck this winter this this hunting season and I mean, he was, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I so, think that's the most I've heard him talk <laughs> yeah. you know, at a single sitting uh, to me. Anyway. So what's yeah. the pinnacle for you guys in in hunting land? Like, but with this, with these two properties specifically, you're going in full bore management. What do you think? Do you, have you even gotten into the mindset of what's going to be the top? When am I going to be like, wow. I, I, I'd like to When be are you going to be mouth open, jaw on the ground, like, we did it. We we got somewhere. When our summer fields, <laughs> summer food plots uh, make it without being wiped out, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, it's not a 160. Some people put it on a on a on the size of a buck, and they say, when uh, I kill that, then I know I've made a big change. If, I, if, if we can maintain the herd uh, – where it can can make it through the summer, you know, on one field, you know, or all the fields really. I'll retract it. I'll say all the fields uh, make it through the the summer and not be wiped out, you know. Or when you feel like or, you've made enough food, yep, in the native landscape to offset the pressure of the deer, right? Or you shoot enough deer to balance That's the right. herd back where out. Everything to where is in balance. You feel like you're driving around and the food plots aren't completely hammered. Deer starving. Mm-hmm. Woody Browse is being consumed like crazy. That's yep. that's it for you. What about you, Mark? Mine would be when a young 25, 30-year-old gentleman walks on this place and says, "Wow. I want to do I want to do this. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to do this." Yeah. Yeah, that would be mine. Yeah. I think yep. for me <laughs> I don't know. I, I and this could change, but yep. for me since the quail, we'll go back to the quail, yep. is so dear to me, yep. um, but it's also so threatened right. that I think the day that my dad and my brother and myself and, and a couple of key buddies that I quail hunted with as a kid, that that's really all we ever did together. When we hunt together on the farm chasing quail oh, be awesome. is the day that I'll, ha- I'll, ha- I'll shed tears that day because yep. I'll realize mm-hmm. we did it. You send me a picture of that bird dog when you buy him as a pup i want to see a picture of that oh yeah dog. Yep. yeah i'll have to <laughs> i've always been a sucker for german short hairs yeah my dad's always been english pointers and mm-hmm. so i grew up with the big old long white tail or pointy tail sticking oh, up yeah. out of the out of the grass but man i like them specks on those german short hairs yeah and so i've always been like when i get a when i get a dog which is probably gonna what's be it soon. gonna be <laughs> And then at the same time, it'd be like having a dad who's a who works at the Chevy plant and roll up in a Ford. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I feel like it'd be like if I brought a German short hair home to dad. Hey, dad, I got a new bird dog. He said, "Where's its tail?" <laughs> yeah, but see, there's a solution to all that. That's that's going to be your daughter's dog. I mean, that's the, that's the right. dog that grows that's up right. with her. So my pick that be dog. Okay. So that's yeah, right. I remember sure. my uncle's pointer. He was extremely wild. He was a good dog, hard hunter. I mean, mm-hmm. vicious hunter. Just crashed a place and that setter was always real uh calculated and yeah you know, made they made a really really good team but those pointers can be pretty wild sometimes That's right yeah they're high performance yeah i always like thinking about bird dog names 
And for us, my family, it was like it had to be, or my grandpa, it was like Katie, Candy, Randy, Rowdy. Like it had to end in that like Mm -hmm. vowel sound. My my uncle's female setter was named Princess, and the pointer was named Duke. Duke. Duke is a – I don't know. If you were to take a poll of what the most common name, (laughs) bird dog name is, (laughs) Duke might be up there on that list. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Ours was Ringo. That was the dog. That oh, was yeah. the one I remember as a kid being yeah. just a work workhorse. Workhorse. I think yeah. Dad's prime dog might have been King. 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 Good King. dog. I good dog so, name. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that pretty well wraps us up. Unless you guys got any final thoughts, I can't oh, thank man. you guys just, enough for having us no, down. We, or having we me want down. to thank you uh, just from the bottom of our hearts. I mean, you you have made a difference uh, that's going to be shown over the next you know ten, fifteen. 20 years really and uh i hope we can if we could just reach two or three more people you know and get them on board and they could reach two or three more people uh you know every hunting hunting as overall would improve in this area you know for everybody drastically yeah drastically when you look at kind of the plans that we've laid out like we're talking betting tickets which Mm -hmm. is the main goal is to more define betting areas for the deer but at the same time it's beneficial to the bobwhite quail. It's beneficial to summer tanager, mm-hmm. all all kinds of other woodland birds. Um, so it's benefiting multiple species. That's right. And then rabbits. The pr- We've rabbits. talked about running some beagles in yeah. here. Right I, I meant to ask you, cottontails, right? Mm-hmm. And I know down here people call them swamp. Sometimes you talk about swamp rabbits. Any well, swamp rabbits? You have to go a little bit further south from okay. here to get swamp rabbits. We gotcha. have mostly cottontails. Mostly mm-hmm. cottontails. Okay. Um, and then, so rabbits, everything, and then even if you want to go down to more mice. Yeah. And then yeah. Helps we didn't, the... I didn't see a lot of, and you guys are in that area where coyotes aren't native to this area. They're um, here. But there are a few here. You know, yeah, we, we didn't saw see, some Ty saw one from the stand this year. Men I thought Ruff. he saw two. Yeah, men rushed did see two. a single seen coyote. Well, we've seen tracks, fresh, fresh tracks. <laughs> yeah, I saw. Yeah, some. we did have some. There was a there's a friend of ours that came and he shot two off here last mm. year. Yeah. Wow. No, he off the South Farm. Yeah, he yeah, South off the South Farm. Well, we don't okay. do any trapping or anything, but yeah. To me, your guys' goal, and we preach this so much, with trapping takes a lot of time. It a takes lot a lot of man hours to get make it happen, and you may trap three or four maybe you trap a lot but your neighbors aren't trapping so right. it's just yeah they're yes. going to fill the void again so for you i mean so we talked about the bedding thickets then prescribed fire that's making a huge area more beneficial yeah. to the landscape right. turkeys are going to love it um and then once it fills back you know you looked at your you look around the farm and and you'll see this a lot with timber harvest a lot of briars brambles growing up mm-hmm. not as long there's some grass some forbs but you see a lot of those briars and brambles and you're like uh i don't want to harvest because i don't want any more briars mm-hmm. you do a couple prescribed fires over time you see that gap of or you see that what was a thicket of briars and brambles you start seeing more forbs more grasses mm-hmm. you evolve into a more overall diverse landscape when you right. start adding fire to it so it's something something very excited for for us to follow along and start seeing the pictures of improvement down here. So we'll send you plenty of pictures. Yep, definitely keep you yep. updated. Alrighty, guys. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and uh, we will catch you next time. Alrighty, Tim, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Alrighty. Well, we appreciate you coming on today to the For Love of the Land podcast. You've got an awesome property from the sounds of it in Ohio. Um, tell tell us a little bit about you know Ohio, you your background, how you kind of got into land, and who you're with. Uh, well, my name's Tim Woods. I'm with Whitetail Properties. Um, you know, I guess you know if a lot of guys, but as far as if you don't know about Whitetail Properties, you kind of been living under a rock for a while. <laughs> it was recreational and tillable land. Um, and I, my my area that I service uh, for the most part is kind of West Central Ohio. It's about an hour west of Columbus. <laughs> um. And it's you know it's kind of it's kind of in the sleeper part of the state, um, you know where it kind of look like Little Iowa, you know that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what I call it around here. You know we look like Little Iowa, Iowa. Um, you know we've got a you know a good mixture of timber, a good mixture of tillable, um, you know, and that's that just you know yeah, we got the you know a little bit of everything here. We got tons of habitat, tons of deer, tons of turkeys. So you know that's kind of kind of where my, where I'm at as far as uh, 
you know, navigational wise goes. But, uh, you know, I guess what got me into to doing this, I just, you know, I grew up on the land, you know, and that's what I did. That's what I always enjoyed doing. Um, I was a pretty good athlete in high school. Um, should have went to college to play basketball, but I kind of turned that down just because I love being outdoors mm-hmm. and, uh, just, you know, even, you know, now, you know, that, you know, I'm older, I kick myself that, you know, I should have got a you know free education sure. and then, you know, and then pursued it, you know, after the fact, but I was just too selfish at the time and, uh, just wanted to, you know, just wanted to be in the outdoors. That's all I wanted to do. I just, you know, every day, all day, that's, that's just who I was. So, sure. uh, just, just kind of rolled with it. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another and, uh, a gentleman offered me a full-time job to help run his outfitting business and I uh, kind of couldn't turn it down. And, uh, so, you know, I've basically been the land manager for him for on about 10,000 acres. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I dabbled, you know, I, I always see properties come up for sale here and there and so forth. And, uh, you know, I always thought, you know, that's something that I, you know, I should get into. And, uh, so I just told the wife one day, I said, you know what, so I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to sign up for college. I'm going to get my uh, real estate license. Back then you had to, you had to go to the class. You sure. can do it online like you can now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I was, I did the, uh, you know, work, work all day and then go to school at night for, uh, a few weeks. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another, I ended up getting my real estate license and, uh, I worked with a local broker here right in town and, uh, she held my license for, uh, you know, right away. So I kind of figured out what I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I tried to kind of go, you know, the whitetail properties route, but not be a part of whitetail properties, if you know what I mean. Sure. And kind of, kind of be in the recreational space. Exactly. And, um, you know, being with that local broker, you know, she was a residential broker. I mean, you know, bless her heart. She, she, you know, she let me do whatever I wanted to do. She understand where I was coming from, but she didn't quite, understand the niche sure. that I, you know that i was trying to you know the people that i was trying to um reach out to mm-hmm. more on a national scale instead of a local scale right and uh you know so i just ended up calling whitetail properties and i said hey you know i said this is where i'm at and they said well they said we've actually been waiting for you to call us you know we've thought about you we've actually had meetings and we know you have your license and so forth so it was kind of you know kind of like it was meant to be yeah absolutely. um you know it was a perfect perfect fit for me um you know, I love what I do. I love bringing buyers and sellers together, and and uh, you know, I mean, that's the ultimate dream. You know, it's, it's owning your own land. That's so, right. Yep. That's awesome. Well, it's it's a good story yeah. of of kind of a, you know, how how a passion um, has then led to a career in working with with people. You know, you kind of line with and and see eye to eye with. Um, Nah, yep. that's awesome. Like I said, that's that's the American dream, and, and you're getting out there doing it. Still, land and the outdoors is such a big part of that. You haven't had to sacrifice that. Um, you've you let that passion turn into something bigger, and that that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and, and my 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 parent, you know, they would always be, you know, you know, what are you gonna do, and this and that. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, shoot, I mean, I was, you know, I have a wife and two kids. My wife's a registered nurse, I and mean, she's got a great career. I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure what I want to do. You know, yeah. was, you know, it's not it's not that I was selfish, but I just hadn't settled into. You know, I guess everybody, you know, you you put on this earth for a reason, and I just wait, couldn't wait, you know, to find my niche. What am I supposed sure. to be doing? Right. And uh, you know, I finally got with Whitetail Properties, and you know, that was just kind of a no brainer. This is what I was supposed to be doing. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, you've got several properties listed currently right now um but you've got one in particular that that kind of strikes your fancy and tell us a little bit Mm -hmm. about it um and kind of what it offers to a potential consumer yeah with with this particular property it's 53 and a half acres and you know it's in logan county Mm -hmm. um and you know the nice thing about it is you know you get into some of these recreational properties and in and sometimes the price tag is just so high that the average blue collar guy it's it's tough to afford some of these farmers price sure. per acre yeah yeah um you know, you know especially here where I'm at with well, this one here you know it kind of it kind of fits you know the blue collar guy and you're still it's still in a great area you know I know this area I live in this particular county mm-hmm. so I know you know I know the kind of animals and uh you know that are running around in this neck of the woods. You know, and the it's, potential. it's a great 53 acres. Yeah. Yes. The that potential it can is there. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's got, uh, and it's a great mixture of 50-50 tillable, 50-50, you know, timber. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got a little bit of money, that, you know, from a tillable standpoint to help pay for it. Sure. Um, it's got a nice four-acre pond on it. So, I mean, you've got, you know, fishing, you know, waterfowl. There you go, yeah. You name it. Yeah. Numerous, you know, it's got en- enough road frontage, you, you know, and uh, and it's still, and it's a, kind of a long, narrow piece of property. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something that you're looking to build on. You could build a home you know, on this property, but yet you're, you're not going to sacrifice any of the hunting, you know. Right, you, right. You, you know, it's like I said, it's a long, narrow piece of property, so you can still build on it and uh, slide right out your back door and you'll be, you know, hunting deer and turkeys or, you know, geese and ducks, whatever you want. Sure. What does, um, you know, if you were looking to rent out that land, you know, tillable rent, what are they looking at per acre price on an annual basis with it being about twenty, about 25 acres? Yeah, currently the the actually the seller currently gets one hundred thirty five dollars per acre on this particular piece of property. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, from a tillable standpoint, mm-hmm. is there... which is about the middle. Which it's about the middle of the road. Okay. Um, I'm sure if if you uh, if you tried to uh, you know kind of farm it out so to speak to mm-hmm. uh, you know get get a little bit better you know offer, I'm sure you could. But currently, sure. um, you know this guy's at one hundred thirty five dollars an acre. Right. Right. What about that pond? That's that's a pretty sizable little pond on on a fifty three yes, acre is. track. That that's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a beautiful pond. It's not real deep, mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, you know every time I go back there, I, you know I'm all, I always flush you know some mallards off of it. I've seen some decent back there as well. Sure. Um, it's you know and it, the nice thing about it is it, it creates some you know really nice funnels. You know, oh, some absolutely. of them deer coming out of that timber. Um, so I mean, it's uh, you know you could you could set up some spots, you know you, you kind of look at the property and you're like oh you know I'm not sure about you know hunting with the north wind, well I mean mm-hmm. you could you know if you get back there and you you know you get a blind or a lock on or something you cast your wind out over this pond, yeah um, you know you're kind of bulletproof you know right to, right to a certain extent, so it's uh, you know you know obviously you know it sets up perfect for south wind, mm-hmm. um, you know any west any east you you know you you can find a way to get it done but. North is the only one, you know, you know, from an access standpoint. But I think if uh, if you set the property upright and you planted some food plots uh, in some of these inside corners and so forth, and kind of manipulated the deer to come out to where you know you wanted them to, um, I think you can get it done on North Wind here too. Right, right. Well, that's that's awesome. You'll be able to have you know a potential to sell the property from a, a residential standpoint. You know, come build a home here. Um, but then also have the opportunity to fish, um, to have some waterfall opportunities, and then deer hunting, turkey hunting, like you mentioned, um, all there yep. in, in 53 acres, and then have a little bit of return on, on the investment, too, from a tillable. Absolutely. It's a pretty yep. diverse property from uh, the looks of it. Yeah, and like I said, these these little, these little properties, you don't, you know, they don't come to the market very often. Typically, when they do, they're going to have a household on them. You know, they're mm-hmm. going to have some sort of structure. Um, to go along with them. So, you know, I haven't had this one on the market very long. Um, I don't foresee it being on the market, you know, too awful long, to be honest with sure. you. You know, I've showed it a few times, um, but it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those properties, you know, you look at it and it's, um, you know, and, and, you know, when you look at a property, you know, especially from a whitetail standpoint, you know, it's all about your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and I, ha- I, I know this neighbor fairly, fairly good um, to the, back to the west sure um you know he, he's not letting you know everybody hunt you know right. he hunts it himself and he's trying to you know he's trying to grow some big deer and so forth so you know with that being said you know it's in a neighborhood where you have you know good neighbor sure you know which which is huge because deer don't you know obviously everybody knows that a deer's not gonna just you know stay on your property especially with only 53 acres right right yeah and that that's important and, and you know we talk on to a lot of land agents across the country but you know, sometimes they they tend to be more Midwest focused, but as soon as you get more towards the eastern uh, seaboard, you know, 53 acres tends to be you know a medium sized hunting property. Um, a lot of people are getting it done on smaller tracts of land out there. Um, so, like you say, you know, neighbors are, are certainly important, um, but you know, this isn't that you know, 400 500 acre hunting track. Yet, it still sure. offers you know great opportunities for for someone looking to to come in and. Um, like I said, build a house or, or hunt it. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And I, like I said, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I know I know the area, area 
you know, I, I don't want to say very well, but I know sure. it fairly well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's loaded with game. You know, mm-hmm. the deer population in this area is through the roof. Um, right. You know, I've got I've got some camera, a camera on it now with some corn in front of it. So, sure. uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of chopping at the bit to get in there and see what uh, see what's in there. When I was there taking some photos, I jumped some pretty pretty good deer right there, better on the backside of that pond. So oh, nice. Um, nice. It had been select cut. Um, mm-hmm. But there's still plenty of timber in there. Okay. Um, you know, it's yeah, it's it's a really really nice piece of property. What and if, and and again, like we said, it you know it's it you know it, it's basically forty eight hundred dollars an acre. Mm-hmm. It's still you know for this area, um, for recreational property that you know that's got a pretty good return. Yeah, you're not going to find it you know anywhere else. Certainly, certainly. Um, your hunter, talk to us a little bit about you know, Ohio's whitetail season because it's lengthy. There's a, a lot of opportunities to hunt deer for um, really in comparison extended periods of time when you compare it to other states. What does it look like? Sure. Yeah, our season comes in uh, every year. It comes in the, the last Saturday in September. Okay. And it goes all the way to the first Sunday in February. So you're basically deer hunting for about four months. You know, our wow. season, I always say, our season is a marathon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not a sprint, you know, like, you know, some, some of the states in the Midwest where, you know, maybe a rifle season comes in, um, right smack dab in the middle of the rut and so forth. Um, we've got a very short, uh, shotgun season, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're shotgun only. Um, we, we come in, our shotgun season comes in the first Monday after Thanksgiving every year right. and it runs for a week. Um, and then we have a two day shotgun season two weeks after that, just on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we have a four day muzzleloader season, which comes, which is typically anywhere from January 7th to the 11th, somewhere in there. Right. So, you know, with that being said, you can basically only, you know, hunt with a gun in your hand for basically 13 days out of four months. Wow. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, we're, and and we're, one we're crossbow state. legal. Yeah. And we're a one buck state, yeah. you know, so. You know, like I said, we had, you know, it's basically, it's a marathon here. Um, and typically, you know, if you, if you can get, uh, if you got a good deer pattern, typically you can get them killed fairly early here. Um, sure. you know, and if not, you know, most of the time that, you know, if, if you've got a good deer and you don't get them killed early, typically late season, if you just wait on the weather, you know, he's going to come back home. Oh yeah. So, you know, and if you got some food or you, you set your property up to, to hold him, uh, late season, you know, you can stick a fork in them if you get some water. <laughs> I like that. Absolutely, because yeah. it does. When, when you extend that season on out past the middle of January, uh, you get into right, really right now where we're looking at the, the 20s and into the first part of February, um, you're going to get cold temperatures. You're going to get those Arctic blasts, and deer just have to feed um, to be able to get through. So they're going to be a little bit more vulnerable, and you're going to – have those opportunities at, at good deer. So that's, that's yep, yep, absolutely. Yep. The only thing unique. you kind of start to, the only thing you kind of start to run into is, you know, obviously later in the year you get some of these deer start to shed a little bit. So, sure. yep. um, you know, you kind of, you know, you're kind of playing, you know, you're gambling a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, every day that goes by that they might, you know, they're going to start dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got, I've got a few deer right now that, uh, you know, typically, you know, you start to see some of the younger bucks start to shed a little bit, but I've got a couple, a couple older deer that have, uh, spit off a side here the last couple uh-huh. of days because we 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 just had that arctic blast which a lot of the midwest you know did we just had sure. that arctic blast come through this weekend so yeah i've had uh you know that's that's the thing you you want that you want that weather to get here but then that you know mm-hmm. that stress level that it puts on the deer sometimes yeah. it, you know can have a have an adverse reaction to what you want they spit sure. off an ailer sure sure it does you know. um how much snow do you have on the ground We've got uh, right around ten inches. Okay. You know, which for us is uh, which for us is a lot. Typically, sure. we get you know four or five inches of snow, but in, in ice. You know, we get yeah. a lot of ice around here. Right. So. Well, that's that's kind of uh, the same same cup of tea. When I grew up in Virginia, we'd get a couple of those just monster storms every three four years, um, but then we'd get the three four five inches of snow, and then the next week we'd get ice, and it was just that kind of back and forth. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, that ice isn't anything fun to play with. But um, well, I, I appreciate you getting on here and, and sharing about this property, this unique opportunity. There's a lot of things happening with with that property itself, from the till bowl, the residential, the hunting, the um, you know the different possibilities of, of recreation. 
Um, if someone's interested, Tim, how, how do they contact you? Yeah, you can get a hold of me on my uh, my cell phone directly at 937-844-1502. You can call or text. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. A lot of people like to text. I'm fine with that. Sure. Um, or you can shoot me an email at tim.woods at whitetailproperties.com. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've got my phone in my hand all day. It's kind of my lifeline with what I do. So, uh, you know, typically if, you've, uh, if you reach out to me, I'm going to get back to you fairly quick. So. Uh, somebody's interested in is 53 and a half acres feel free to give me a call or shoot me a text well i appreciate it tim uh, thanks for coming on and uh thanks again all right bud thank you uh-huh